What is up, everyone, and welcome to the Five Out Podcast. Thank you guys so much for clicking on this episode and wanting to learn a little bit about our athletes. Uh, Today, we have a very special friend on. What we like to do here at the Five Out Podcast is bring on athletes, listen to their story, uh, and kind of hear about how their journey was from when they started playing basketball until when uh, either they eventually retired or where they are as of today. Um, Very cool opportunity for us here. You know, a lot of guys, most of these guys are friends that I've grown up with. So we hope you guys enjoy this episode. If you guys want to listen to more of our athletes, uh, we'll be posting them every Monday, uh, hopefully from here on out or for at least the next couple of months. Uh, but be sure to check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, you can check us out on Apple and Spotify at five, uh, at five out. And then on uh, YouTube, check us out at Sideline Sports. But we hope you guys enjoy this episode. We'll see you guys next week. up everyone welcome to the first interview of the five out podcast um we're doing player interviews now for basketball and of course i had to bring on one of my very good friends sam marshall uh me and him have played together probably since i want to say since i was a fourth grader and you were a third grader now we weren't playing with each other uh we were playing against each other i was talking to rob about this as well because you know me he, he he's a part of the the crew um but you were texas express and I believe I was the cop healthy. We were playing at the aquatic center in league games, if I remember correctly. And that's when we first started kind of actually playing basketball with each other. You had you, Robin, Jackson, um, Brent, all like a ton of Cameron. You had a bunch of those guys on the team and we were playing against each other. And ever since then, you and I have always kind of been linked together, um, playing with against each other. Um, we actually played in high school together. We played on a select basketball team together. Many years spent with uh, with Sam playing, and, and we play the same position too. So we always were going against each other, or we were, you know, right next to each other in the battlefield. So this is Sam Marshall. Uh, for you guys who don't know who he is, he played at Coppell High School, was a four year letterman there, uh, then moved on to Tarleton State and played where he started as a freshman for fifteen games, and then played a sophomore year, and then called it a career after that. Uh, what better way to to call it after two years? Hey, I did the same thing. No worries. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but let's go ahead and get into this a little bit. Uh, I want to take you back to your young in days when you first started playing basketball. What kind of was the reason you fell in love with basketball? And when, when, what kind of age were you at when you, when you first fell in love with it? Um, I'd say like fourth, fourth grades when I started taking it really seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't necessarily the, the love of the game. Mm-hmm. It was the love of being good at something. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I mean, my dad had me uh, up before school at like 6 a.m., like working on my game, starting in fourth grade. And so since then, from like fourth grade to 10th grade, I was like the, the best in my grade at Coppell. And I just, I just liked being good at something. Like that was what I drew the uh, enjoyment from. Yeah, no, and if, you, if you've been to Sam's old house that he had in Coppell, uh, you know he had a like shooting gun, but didn't actually shoot like – balls back at you but it had like a rack where you can move it around and it and so we always liked going over sam's house and shooting and really having parties there because he had a nice pool um and his dad was always uh cooking and stuff like that but if you know sam uh he just mentioned his dad we got to talk about neil um <laughs> we got to talk about neil first of all when you see him he's like what six seven six eight he's like six nine okay six nine he's a tall yeah. dude so you you know sam's gonna be a tall and, and your mom's like six one six two um yeah. 
So, so you knew he was going to be a tall athlete. He's got sisters as well. They both, they were both volleyball players. Well, one of them was a volleyball player, excuse me, but they're, everyone's tall in the family. So, you know, he was going to be, he know, you knew he was going to be tall. Um, but what is it like having Neil as your dad? What was that like? Um, you know, it was, uh, it, it was a little tough at times. He was, he was pretty hard on me and he was, uh, uh very into trying to make me the, the best I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, some people like you, you see the parents that kind of like live through their kids and, yeah. uh, force them to train. And there, there was a little bit of that. Um, but then I also, like, I, I really appreciate like, uh, what he kind of taught me and did for me and, uh, uh, just you know the work the work that I did in high school middle middle school mostly mm-hmm. um, high school started to kind of drop off but uh, you know he just he wanted me to be the best he gave me all the resources to be the best I could be and you know I'm thankful for that yeah he, he always gave me a tough time every time I saw him <laughs> um, but he, he's a great guy I, I miss I miss our uh, what was that? I think our eighth grade well my eighth grade your seventh grade year uh, I guess party at the end of the end of year party uh we had at your house uh fun times fun times and then you went on to bigger and better things with your AAU career but let's go ahead and move into high school now a little bit I'm not going to talk about middle school because who cares um but as a freshman you come on and you start you, you didn't start as a, as a freshman but you started your your career on varsity what was that like coming in your freshman year um being named under the varsity roster in that kind of freshman season uh you know it was really weird uh because my sister was a senior when Mm -hmm. i was a freshman and if you remember that that team had like 13 seniors on Mm -hmm. it like a loaded roster of seniors and they were all my sister's friends yeah so it was was really not friends but they knew her it was so it was weird and i was so much younger than them but i mean it was a good opportunity because you know like you get better practicing every day Mm -hmm. Just I didn't necessarily play a lot, but just practicing with them every day, um, getting used to playing with big guys, faster guys, um, because every time you step up a level from elementary to middle, middle to high school, high Mm -hmm. school to college, the speed of the game changes. So getting used to playing at that speed, um, that was, uh, you know, important and it was good. Yeah, no, for sure. And I never actually got to play with those guys, but you're talking about Simi, Landon, um I don't remember all the all the bigs in that team but there were some big dudes on that team yeah 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 so a great great experience and then you know Simi went off to play college hoops for a little bit Landon went off to play college hoops uh for his full career in college so uh great experience and it obviously helped you because the next three years of high school you kind of I would say you were dominant at the Coppell at least in Coppell uh you know you were you are you are a top guy because uh my junior year your sophomore year uh, we were a very young and inexperienced team, uh, yeah. which is different than what you were just talking about, a very senior heavy team the year before to then go on. Now, I mean, now you are playing with your friends, guys you grew up with. Um, you know, Robin was on the team, Josh, me, Luke, Jackson. Uh, Jackson wasn't on. Did he make it his sophomore year on varsity? It was junior year. Junior okay, year. it was his junior year. But you, but a lot of kids you grew up with uh we're playing with you your sophomore year on varsity what was kind of that what was kind of that transition like for you oh I mean that was like that sophomore year and junior year when I played with your class Josh and all them and my class that mm-hmm. those were the best years yeah <laughs> like you had brought up at the very beginning like we had grown up playing against each other mm-hmm. so as soon as we were all on the same team together I mean that was so like that was the best teams like I ever played for um 
but you, you're right. We were, we were younger because, you know, we had 13 seniors graduate. Mm -hmm. And so we were left with like me, Josh and Colin Wallace, I think were the only returning yep. players on the team. Mm -hmm. uh, super young, but I mean, we played really well together. Um, not, not in the 40 tournament though. Not in the 40 tournament. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the 40 tournament was tough. Actually, Luke, I, I think it, Luke tweeted recently about, because uh, 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 was Alabama shot horrible from the free throw line mm -hmm. in the tournament. And then he tweeted something about if we had shot that bad in a, in a tournament, mm -hmm. we would be on the line running for <clears throat> days. And it was awful. And it was, that was just like the 40 tournament. Yeah, the Forney tournament, uh, not good memories. I mean, we we lost to Forney, which we're a 6A school. I believe Forney is a 4A school, and we lost to them twice. Yeah. Uh, so you can only imagine how our coach felt about that one. And it's not like we lost – and then it's not like we lost to them in, like, close games. I think we got blown out in one of them. And the second one, we – it was a lot closer. But, um, yeah, losing to Forney is not is not what Coppell need, need to be doing. But we, we had a tough start of the season. I mean, we were – it was rough that first half of the year. Somehow we make the playoffs. So somehow, some way we, we made the playoffs. We turned it around. We turned it around. We we stopped running man defense and we went to a two-three zone. Is <laughs> basically what we did. Um, but then but then we go on and we actually make the playoffs and somehow, some way, we win a playoff game against the I think it we were a four, we were a four seed. Um, and then we move on and we played Duncanville, I believe, who's a one seed with Jalen Harris, who's now in the Toronto Raptors. Um, and we somehow beat them. Yep. I I don't know how we did it, but we did it. Uh, then to eventually go play go play the state championship, Plano West with Mickey Mitchell, Tyler Davis, and DJ Hope. Yeah. So you win some, you lose some, you know. Um, but then but then trans transferring going over to your uh, junior year because I have a lot more stories about that year. Uh, senior year for myself and junior year for you, I think. Um, all, everything was clicking on all cylinders. I mean, I think it was, I think we all knew that it was going to be a special year. Um, we returned a ton of guys. We only lost three guys and two of them were players. The other one, or no, four guys, two of them actually had like played normal minutes. And then the other two, uh, were kind of just bench guys, but we returned a ton of guys. We added plumber Tariq. Uh, so I think we all kind of knew it was going to be a special year. What was that year like for yourself? Um, just as a whole from start to finish? I mean, it just, uh, it was great. Uh, playing the, that same core group of guys. Mm -hmm. Those were, were like all of our friends. So playing together, um, having a successful season. Mm -hmm. I think we won our district that year, right? Yeah. I mean, it was huge. Uh, it was so much fun. Uh, probably my favorite season, looking back on it. Yeah, um, and I, I already know your next question, but yeah, I, I kind no, of no. I'm not going there yet. I'm not going there yet. There's a couple yeah. funny stories I want to hit first. Um, the first one, Cedar, the Cedar Hill tournament that year. Um, we, we ended up doing very well in that tournament, but the reason why I bring it up is because of your elbow. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> what what happened there? I don't know the full story. So I uh, I when I I would take a lot of ch I guess I wouldn't take a lot of charges, but when I would take a charge. I'd fall back on my elbow. Mm -hmm. So I guess I did that one too many times and I popped a bursa sack mm -hmm. in the elbow. Yeah. And the sack just like filled with fluid. And so it looked like I had a huge bump on my elbow. Mm -hmm. And, but it was just like, it didn't hurt. It was just yeah. like fluid. And I thought I like broke, I, I was like, did I break my arm? But it didn't really hurt. 
And then all the, the trainer just had to like massage it back into place. Mm-hmm. And then that was fine. Yeah. It, it was, it was very funny because like it happened in the middle of a game too. It's not like yeah. it happened like in practice or anything like that, like in the middle of a tournament game, all of a sudden like Sam's elbow is like giant. And then like the next game, like you said, it was perfectly fine. You had, it was taped up. It was still had a little bump, but it wasn't as big as before. And it was taped up and we were playing in like the semifinal game or whatever. Um, but yeah, it was super funny. Now, uh, one thing I, I liked about that turn, I don't know how in the world I got it, but I got a, I got an all tournament team that year. Me and you were all tournament tournament team for the Cedar Hill tournament. Um, which I, I always want to know that is because my dad keeps the damn trophy in his house. And so and every time I walk in, it's like, it's there. I'm like, whatever. Um, but yeah, but, but you and I had a lot of, a lot of togetherness that year. Uh, I played the five, you played the four. Um, we were actually co-MVPs that year together, um, yeah. which you won it last year all by yourself. So whatever. Uh, and I think you won it the next year too. So, uh, and then, and we were also co-chairman of the boards, which I think you technically out-rebounded me by like numbers wise, but I think it was so close that coach Pell just gave it to us. So, but like I said, like I said, early on, me and Sam have a lot, we, we were, we were very similar in a lot of things that we did, but he was a better scorer than I was. I did not want to shoot the ball ever. Um, I always get yelled at by coach Pell still to this day, uh, which is nice. Um, what, what about coach Pell? Cause I know you and him have a uh, love hate relationship. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, whenever you're, whenever you're one of like the better players on the team, the, the mm-hmm. coach, he's a good coach. He's going to push you and he's going to get in your grill and he's going to do what he can to bring out the best in you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, we had a little bit of a love-hate relationship. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, he's a great guy. I, I, I look back on my time at Coppell, and I look back on that kid in a very uh, a fond way. Mm-hmm. I think he was one of the better X's and O's coaches that I ever had, Yeah. Um, including my time in college. I mean, mm-hmm. he was uh, – the, the amount of film he would watch and uh, the plays he could draw up and the matchups he could uh, exploit, I mean, it was amazing, truly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, he's a, you know, he's a crazy guy whenever he comes in with uh, a paper plate that has pizza grease on it with three or four plays drawn up that right. he just drew up the night before. So um, it, it, those, those were definitely fun times. And I actually, I'm going to go back real fast to sophomore year. I remember your sophomore year. I remember uh, at practice, whoever was the, like the team manager that year, he would come in with the script uh, of what our practice looked like. And every single day we would run up to him right when he would walk in the gym, what, how many lines we got, how many lines we got. Cause I mean, it, that, that year we ran more than I think any year uh, imaginable. Cause the next year didn't run as much. Um, now I've got two bad stories for you here. All right. um, the first one uh, is Colleyville heritage. Uh, I think it was the second time we played them. I, I don't know if it was the first or second, but it was a time when we played them at Colleyville heritage. Um, you were talking about Luke's tweet that this is that, this is that game. We, so we had a rule. Um, you had to shoot 65% uh, from the free throw line or every 5% under, we would have to run a sweet 16. Sweet 16 is 16 touches, sideline, sideline. You have to do it under a minute. Um, and Sam decides to, to just shoot awful from the free throw line. I think he didn't make a – you made like – we went like one of eight. Um, and then I think the team, we, we had like 50% plus Sam's one of eight. Um, and so that did not add up very well. So we had like four sweet 16s, which is a lot. Uh, actually, I think we had five, if I remember correctly. And uh, so we, we get done with our fifth one, our fourth one. And I was so gassed that, you know, the volleyball line is I had to dive to make it just so that we didn't run. And I was like, Coach Pell's going to love that. 
So Gabe walks up to the free throw line, shoots a free throw, makes it. Coach Pell looks at Sam and goes, Sam, shoot a free throw. And what'd you do, Sam? I missed it. <laughs> so we had to run I, the fifth one. I missed it solely so I could watch you were run again. Truly. Oh my gosh. You know, every every time I every time I see Gabe shoot a free throw now, because he's he's a high school kid now. Yeah. Uh, I just I just think of the time that he made that free throw that just made had to make me run an extra line. Uh, so yeah, so so Sam, Sam was not a good free throw shooter, not the best. He was, well, and then he wasn't. Actually, actually I'm gonna, in my last year in college, I shot eighty nine percent from the free throw line. Now, granted, there wasn't you know a ton of attempts there, but eighty nine percent in fourth grade. All right, let's bring it back to fourth grade. I was the Knights of Columbus, Texas State free throw champion. Do you know that? I did not know that. I was a good free throw shooter. I was just a lot in my head in high school. <laughs> a lot in my head. And that contributed to like a whole skew of problems in high school basketball. But Well, the, the next one, I think, I think haunts us all a little bit inside. But I think at the end of the day, um, is, is it, I think now we all look back at it and we kind of laugh about it. And we, we understand that. Um, it was, it was, it was a shitty moment, but at the end of the day, um, I think we, I think it kind of brought us closer in a weird way, I guess. Um, I'm going to let you tell the story, Sam. All right. Um, you're going to have to, you're going to have to fill in some details for me. It's a little hazy. I've, I've tried to block it out. I understand. Um, but, uh, this is what is, is this second round or first round? Uh, this is the first round. All right. First round, first round are my junior year, your senior year. We had just won our district. It was we were having a great season, um, and we play Duncanville, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember where, but we played Duncanville, and started the game. Actually, you had some nosebleed issue. Yeah, you had some something wrong to where you you didn't start the game. Someone I else had to start. I I didn't come into the game until half until like two minutes left in the second quarter. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, we, we played a pretty solid game. Duncanville, uh, so if I was a junior, then, then Jalen Harris would have been there, right? Yeah, he's still, he was a senior. He's my age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was a, he was a baller. Now he's on the Raptors. Like, mm-hmm. um, it was no ease, because they, they were the best district in Texas probably that year. Mm-hmm. And so they were the fourth seed in their district, but they were still, they were still killer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I mean, we were lucky to be in the game at the end. We played a great game. And then I believe, let's see, we're down two with maybe a second left, fourth quarter. And we have a play that we drew, that Kit drew up, his playmaking ability we already talked about. Beautiful play. Um, Josh Fink's throwing it in. He's probably somewhere near half court, maybe a little farther down. And I think Drew has to set me a back screen. Mm-hmm. And then I come off and they're going to throw a lob to me. And if I was athletic, I would have dunked it, but I'm not athletic. So it's more of a layup type thing. Yeah. And uh, so Josh throws to me, perfect pass, perfect play execution. No one's within three feet of me and I'm at the basket. And I catch it with a second left and in the air, lay it up, mm-hmm. bounces off the backboard, rim, bounces out. We go to overtime. We end up losing, um, and we lose in the first round of the tournament that year. Yeah, yep. the it was heartbreak central. And and to add a little bit to the story, um, actually, I don't remember what it was called to play. Like I have no idea. 
Yeah, but I remember like two days before the game, like we, we were a very high IQ team to where coach Pell would give us a play at like almost the day of the game in fourth yeah. period and say, we need to run this tonight. And we, we'd go out there and execute it almost to perfection. So a day before the game in the arena that, that's brand new, um, we, uh, we, we ran this play and he goes, I don't want to use this in round one, but it's, I'm putting it in place just in case. So we, we run it, and I think, like, the like the last time we run it, um, we were kind of messing around. Like, it was a fourth-period day. Like, we were just kind of whatever. And Sam messes up, and, and or he doesn't mess up. He runs it right, catches the ball, and, and, like, does a funny layup and misses. Coach Pell goes, he goes, the way you guys practice that, we're going to need it in the game, and if you miss it, it's because of this. Or, or he says something like that. Fast forward two nights. We're tied with, like, three seconds left. Sam Sam told you the story. And he misses the layup. And we're like, my God. But, I mean, that was the only thing that went wrong. Like you mentioned, I had a bloody nose for the, for the whole – basically the whole first half. And from what you guys told me, Luke Keaton was shitting himself. Uh, <laughs> so his first shot, apparently, he, he, he told me after the game, his first shot, his legs were shaking and hit the side of the backboard. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was, a, it was a real high atmosphere environment. Mm-hmm. The, there was a lot of the crowd work there. Uh, it was fast-paced game, so I mean, he uh, he wasn't he, he you know he struggled there, but yeah. that's all right. And and doesn't help either that Christian Plummer, who was like our probably our second best score, maybe third best score, depending on the day, had yeah. cramps in the second half of the game to where he couldn't like walk and play. So we had to we had to bring in Vuchkov and Peyton were playing on the same floor together with you and my you me and Josh. So it was like it was a crazy game, and unfortunately the events didn't go our way. Because if we would have won that game, we would have played Justin Northwest, which we probably would have beat, which ended up actually beating Duncanville somehow. Um, yeah. And then we would have played the eventual state champions again if we would have gone on and played DeSoto. So unfortunate, but we're here now. So it is what it is. Uh, but then you go on in your senior year. Uh, what was that like? Because I obviously wasn't there anymore. I moved on, uh, went, to play, went to play football in college. But what was your senior year like? Oh man, uh, the senior year followed the uh, it followed the trajectory that that missed layup started. <laughs> yeah, say that it was the first time in however many years a cocktail basketball team didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Right, so it was my senior year. I had a four-year Letterman, like that was supposed to be my year. Mm-hmm. The summer before, uh, playing AAU. I had gotten, you know, interest from uh, D1 schools. I was talking to them. And this was going to be the season to where if I played like I should have, I would have started to get offers. And I, because I I was a little late to the recruiting game, but I would have started to get offers. I was, you know, talking to coaches a lot. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was, it was supposed to be my kind of season, me, I guess, and Christian Plummer too. But uh, uh, it was, it was horrible. Yeah. Truly. I mean, we, I mean, we were in a tougher district because the district realigns. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we had Marcus Garrett was in our district with Skyline. Drew Timmy. Um, Drew Timmy. Yeah. JJ Pierce. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a harder district, but still, and we got fifth in the district and didn't make the playoffs. Yeah. Like incredibly disappointing. Mm-hmm. Incredibly. And I mean, it definitely doesn't help that, you know, you're, you're, we call them, we used to call them Batman and Robin, but you and Robin, uh, you guys, Talk, talk about myself and Josh, but you and Robin were, were like that through your entire careers pretty much. Uh, and he gets hurt at the beginning of the senior year and misses out his entire senior season. That does not help at all because he was, he was yeah. going to be a key contributor. 
yeah, we needed them. But I mean, even without them, we still should have, like, I should have been able to mm-hmm. kind of put the team on my back there. Yeah. Uh, but I lack, I lack the confidence to, mm-hmm. to really do that. I didn't really care. I was much more interested in uh, the social aspects of high school. Yeah. Um, so that took away from my game, but uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's tough to come back from a, from a year where, uh, not to say you guys didn't have much leadership, but you had a team before that had myself, Josh, even the years of like, we, we had a lot of guys who um, could kind of lead that team and you lose that the next year. And, and then you get a lot of guys who don't have varsity experience. Again, you're in that same boat you were your sophomore year. Not a lot of guys returned who had a ton of minutes. I mean, Jackson played, you lost out on Robin because of injuries. And it was really you, Christian and Tariq, um, yeah. who were the main guys who had varsity experience. You know, Caden was, he played, but uh, he did not play much, but, uh, and you had Keegan as well. Again, he didn't play much, but still he had some experience, but yeah, you guys kind of lost out on that. And you did play in a harder district. We did not have the toughest district, but um, we had some hoopers in ours as well. So, yeah. Um, but that, that's kind of your high school career um, a little bit. And now we're going to go into AAU because again, I know how big the AAU scene is in, uh, in, in basketball. So kind of talk about your AAU career. Um, so, I mean, I started playing AAU in fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Uh, I started, I played, I, 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 I guess played on like the Dallas Suns mm-hmm. in DeSoto, Texas. Yeah. The only white boy on the team. <laughs> that was fourth grade. And then, I mean, all the way through fifth grade, I, you just talk about the people like you played with and mm-hmm. now you're watching them in the NBA. Yeah. That's how bad you did. Dallas AAU scene. I mean, it's a, uh, it's it's special. Um, so I mean, I sixth grade I played with PJ Washington. Mm-hmm. Played a tournament with Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Um, in high school, I played with Zaire Smith, who's on the Sixers now. I think he's still on the Sixers, but I think he got hurt. I'm not really sure what he's doing now. Um, but I mean, you play with uh, you play with killers all the time, and so it's uh, it's incredibly uh, motivating and building and uh, important. Wow. And you you're this special. Uh, privilege of playing for Darren Williams elite as well uh, what was that like did you ever get to meet Darren Williams no uh, so it was kind of it was kind of a weird it was he only had two teams like two age groups mm-hmm. and it was his mom ran it mm-hmm. and she ran it because she like he went to uh, the colony mm-hmm. he graduated from the colony and she ran it with like the group that was two years older than me it was a core group of guys from the colony. Yeah. And that was kind of like her team. Mm-hmm. And then my coach just kind of like had contact with her and like got her to open up a team in my age group that he okay. could coach. Mm-hmm. And so we, it was, it wasn't like a huge program and I never met Darren Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, everything was, everything was paid for. Like yeah. never met the guy, but I'm grateful for him. <laughs> um, Played with, uh, I mean, Zaire Smith was really the only, mm-hmm. the only killer on that team. Uh, Mike Mike Adewumi, but he 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 went to Houston, and then now he's at, I think Illinois State. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, yeah, we, we traveled all around. Played, I played on that team for two years, I believe. Yeah. Um, and I mean, of course, your best team you ever played for was the Texas Express. Um, when you played with us, <laughs> hey, we were yeah. a really good team, actually. No, I mean, for sure. Like, you guys would have beat my Darren Williams team. I think we did. Sure. We played you guys in, in tournaments. And yeah. I think we, we, we played – I mean, I don't think we beat you every single time, but we 
definitely it was a close game every time. And, um, you know, we were, I mean, we just played good basketball. We had a lot of, we had a lot of guys who didn't go and play anywhere, but they were just really good. That's the thing thing with AAU is like AAUs, it's very kind of like the camps. It's very show out, like show your skills, like not a lot of team ball, not a lot of plays, no zone. Like you're playing man-to-man defense and you're just like balling. Yeah. Um, and so when you have a team like you guys that mm-hmm. high IQ know what they're doing, share the ball, you can out basketball a really good AAU team and beat yeah. them. And exactly. you guys would do that. And it was awesome. I mean, like playing with y'all and I played with y'all in seventh grade mm-hmm. and then maybe a couple of times throughout high school, I guess played. I don't really remember. Yeah. Um, it was, it was always so great playing with y'all because, uh, yeah. you know, high IQ basketball is, is it's, uh, it's our thing. And, and it was definitely interesting that we would play that way. And our coach was Coach Vick because, I mean, he was known around – he's known around the da- Dallas areas. I mean, he's, he's a very smart coach. He's super yeah. high basketball IQ. But uh, it was definitely – definitely not the teams he'd coached in the past. I mean, he coached Flight 9 with Terrence Ferguson and his son and Jet Duffy and all these different guys. And yeah. um, they, they were just – they were better athletes than everyone. And then he takes over our team, which is full of white guys – um and <laughs> we're running two three zone running plays left and right um just outsmarting people so but I mean you're right when it comes to playing against people in the Dallas area there's no no better place to do it than Dallas I mean now when I reflect and I look at the tournament nowadays every team has a kid from Dallas oh yeah for, for the for at least you know whether they're playing whether they're on the bench there is a Dallas kid on every almost every major team nowadays so yeah. And it was like that when you and I were playing as well. So definitely killers out of the AAU um, program. Uh, last thing we're going to talk about before we go on break here is your actual recruitment. Um, what was that process like for you? I know you said you started a little bit late, but what was kind of that whole process like? Um, so I would say I didn't, you know, I had like a little bit of interest, like starting maybe in sophomore, my sophomore year. Uh, and it was like all the interest I got was from playing AAU. Mm-hmm. Like he never really got anything uh, from high school unless you were like a big, big time guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't remember who, I mean, I went to like a rice camp, I think some su- summer of my sophomore year. Um, but I, I didn't do well at camps. Like I was more of a, a team player, a glue guy. And like I'm not going to like show out at a camp, uh, go off for 30 on some guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but then either the real heart of the recruiting started for me um uh the summer after my junior year mm-hmm. i played with uh urban dfw elite mm-hmm. it was in the uh, the adidas circuit um played with tj starks uh, zach simmons who was just playing in the tournament mm-hmm. for north texas um so that summer uh so the way the the recruiting period for basketball worked at the time i'm not sure if it's changed but you had two open periods in april mm-hmm. when college coaches could come watch and then you had three in July, maybe one in June, two in July. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my April that year, I, I shit the bed in April. And one of the tournaments, we were in South Carolina mm-hmm. and we played a young Zion Williamson when he was playing for South Carolina Uprising or something. It was the summer before he blew up. Yeah. So before the game we knew we were about to play like some sophomore who was ranked like top five in the nation mm-hmm. but no one knew who he was he wasn't on espn yet and i mean i had to guard him and got destroyed in front of every college basketball coach in the nation 
Yeah. Roy Williams was there. Mike Krzyzewski was there. Bill Self was there. Mm-hmm. They were all there. And I got destroyed by Zion. It was truly bad. Um, so I didn't get anything in April. Mm-hmm. And then in July, I started like really playing well. Mm-hmm. And so um, the three tournaments in July, I started talking to Texas State, SFA, Pepperdine, um, uh, one of the Louisiana. Um, La Tech? Yeah, no, not La Tech, but uh, freak. It feels like it was so long ago. I don't know. But uh, Louisiana school. We'll just say that. Louisiana school, yeah. They were, at the time, I was like, it was, they were D1. And I, that's mm-hmm. kind of all I was focused on. Mm-hmm. I talked a little bit with DBU. They were D2 at the time, but nothing with Tarleton. Um, and then I, I wasn't good enough at that point for them to, like, extend offers. Mm-hmm. They needed to see that I would carry it over to my senior high school season. Mm-hmm. And they were, they were honest about that. Um, and they were, you know, so then senior high school season rolls around. And I mean, I basically shit the brick all season. Like I averaged like 11 points. Yeah. Like it was truly bad. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't play. I mean, I had a little bit of injury stuff with my ankles, but mm-hmm. I mean, I was, I weighed like 225 pounds and I could bench like maybe 185. Yeah. I was fat. I didn't care. So none, none of those schools that I was talking to offered me. Mm-hmm. Um, they all came and watched and I mean, I shit the bed. Like, it was bad. Um, and then, so I didn't get to contact with Tarleton until um, kind of spray. So you can play as an unsigned senior after mm-hmm. high school yeah. for like one last April AAU scene. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when Tarleton saw me. And then I went down and did a visit with them. They liked me. And you know, that was it. Yeah. That was really my only option. Yeah. Well, I mean, everyone has their own journeys to, I mean, my journey wasn't much different. I didn't start, I didn't really realize the recruitment process starts so early as well. Um, And then being a two sport athlete, like I never really had, never had like an option. So, um, you know, when my senior year ended uh, of basketball, like my football scholarships, they were like, oh, you know, we're not going to wait for you until you decide whether you want to play football or basketball. So I was kind of the same boat. Um, And then I didn't really have much basketball interest because I was a six, one center, <laughs> six, two center. Um, and I didn't really have like the guard. I mean, you're at least six, six. So you at least, you at least have size to play, you know, at the next level. So uh, very similar situation when it came to recruitment and stuff like that. But um, you end up at Tarleton. We're going to actually take a quick ad time out here from our sponsor anchor anchor.fm come back and hear Sam's talk about what it's like playing at Tarleton. And we are back. As I mentioned before the break, we're going to go ahead and get into Sam's career at Tarleton. Uh, so, Sam, uh, your first year there at Tarleton, you started in 15 games as a freshman. What was that like? Um, it was it was kind of weird because I, I talked about it before. Every time you jump a level, the speed mm-hmm. of the game changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then so even even though Tarleton was Division Two, like there was still a significant change in the speed of the game. Mm-hmm. You have a shot clock now guys are big, strong, faster. Um, so you mentioned I started for 15 games. It was the last 15 games of the mm-hmm. season. The first 15 games, I literally played almost nothing. Uh, uh, it took me a while to acclimate. I also, I, I was recruited as a forward uh, to mm-hmm. play the four. Um, but uh, when I finished like high school basketball, I realized I was way too heavy. 
Uh, mm. I couldn't really play at 225. Um, I, I have guard skills, so I, I was like, I think I can play the guard. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I got to Tarleton, I was down to probably 195. So a lot thinner, but then they had still recruited me to play the four. And so that first half of the season and kind of the preseason, mm-hmm. I was, they were trying to put me at the four and it just, I wasn't playing well. I wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Um, but then maybe uh, partway through the season, they, they decided to try me at the three mm-hmm. to play three guard. Um, and so I, I did that. And in a couple weeks I was, uh, I was outperforming the starter who was a mm. senior. Um, and a big portion of that was he couldn't shoot. Mm. So, you know, I mean, it, it's hard to have a guard on the floor that can't hit an open shot. Yeah. And so being able to substitute me in for him, uh, it really helped the team because I, I could knock down an open shot. Mm-hmm. And uh, so changing from forward to guard is what allowed me to uh, start playing my freshman year. There you go. That, I mean, Obviously, at, at that point, you're just trying to get on the floor. So anything you can do, uh, you're willing to, to do just to get on the floor because obviously no one wants to sit on the bench yeah. um, there, especially no, just no one wants to sit on the bench, period. Um, but unfortunately, you had to kick someone off that senior. Um, but what was kind of your biggest transition? I guess, you know, you kind of I guess you kind of just talked about it. But what was like the biggest transition um, off the court, I should say, from high school to college? Hmm. Um. Biggest transition off the court. I don't know. It wasn't, it was, it was a little different because uh, um, in high school, the locker room vibe, I, uh, I was good friends with everyone. Mm-hmm. Even, even when I came in as a freshman and there were 13 seniors, mm-hmm. I had known those guys growing up in Coppell. Like we were yeah. cool. Um, there was already a, a connection there. Mm-hmm. Um, but coming in as a freshman in college, um, you don't know anyone. Yeah. And I didn't, I had like three or four freshmen coming in with me. One of them I actually played AAU with. So I was, I was close with him. So that was cool. Mm-hmm. But you don't know any of the seniors, the juniors. And when you're talking about playing D2 basketball, there's a lot of the kids that were good enough to play D1 mm-hmm. and had to transfer out or didn't have the grades. Yeah. So they had to come to D2. So you like we had one guy my freshman year who he, he our coach tried to kick him out of practice and he wouldn't leave. So our coach had to call the cops on him. <laughs> and so I mean we were talking about uh some real some real grown men. Mm-hmm. And I was just like this little white boy. Yeah. Uh, so uh tra- the transition was uh, it was a lot, it was a lot different. Um college is also different because people people take it personally. Yeah. And so you get a lot of the, like I mentioned that I, I beat out the senior. Mm-hmm. He had been at Tarleton for five years. Um, he actually started as a freshman. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think he got maybe progressively a little bit worse as he went on. And so by the time I came, I was able to beat him out. But that wasn't like a, wasn't like a, we were friends. Mm-hmm. Like there was, there was animosity there. Yeah. And, and uh, there were, there were other places, other matchups where that happens i mean the locker room it it could get uh it could get dicey yeah yeah i mean i mean you explained it well because um it truly is like that i think division two is a little bit like i played division three you don't really get that as much uh just for the simple fact that like you're not there on an athletic scholarship you're there on an academic scholarship you're choosing to play this um and you know if someone's better than you like they're going to play them 
um, division two, like there's still a chance for you to go up to division one to get recruited, to go there. Not really many division three guys are going back to division one or anything like that. Shout out Duncan Robinson though. Um, But uh, you know, you're still having the opportunity as a, as a division two athlete to try to jump back up to division one. And so it's a real cutthroat kind of, it's just kind of like Juco in in a sense when it comes to that part portion of it. Yeah. 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 So what, what about, what about the academic side, your freshman year? Uh, was there any kind of challenges? I know Coppell is super academic. Um, you know, the academic excellence is what they all talk about at Coppell. Um, but what was like that for for yourself? No, I mean, yeah, like Coppell provide like <laughs> Tarleton uh, uh, academics. Mm-hmm. It's actually part of the reason I ended up leaving is because mm-hmm. I, I had I'd gotten uh, bored with basketball, burnt out, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it. But then I also felt like I wasn't going anywhere mm-hmm. because the school was so easy. Yeah. Like I got a flight. I think I got one B and it was like mm-hmm. a writing class. Mm-hmm. I got a 4.0. I didn't study that much. Uh, it was just, the school was really easy. So that wasn't as much of a, a transition point. It was really, you know, the, the change of the game mm-hmm. speed wise, uh, physicality wise. Yeah. Um, if physicality is a word, I don't know. Um, <laughs> and uh the locker room the locker mm-hmm. room situation the gotcha. school was, the school was easy gotcha and it's okay if it's not a word because I make word, words up all the time on this podcast so it's all good um so then then your sophomore year happened um what kind of was what kind of was a sophomore year like for you um sophomore year was different because uh I mean at that point I had spent a whole year with those guys mm-hmm. uh, we were we were like I was close with some of them um and I knew like I'd started the last 15 games as a freshman Mm -hmm. so it was a situation where I was expected to start Mm -hmm. uh the following year um and so the the see the only like my big competition at my position he was a senior so he was graduating Mm -hmm. um but the one thing I, I didn't know a lot about is uh in the spring so after the season they start bringing in recruits mm-hmm. and the, the whole, uh, the whole locker room situation where, you know, you, you don't like the people that are in your position because mm-hmm. they're vying for your playing time. Mm-hmm. And so when they bring in recruits, they bring in recruits to potentially take your spot, mm-hmm. especially a DT, you don't have a lot of freshmen coming in. It's a lot of transfers. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of guys that, I mean, they're, they're, older than me because I was a sophomore they were coming in junior maybe even a senior and they're playing for my spot Mm -hmm. and I didn't really get that at first but it's uh when they bring in the recruits you have to be because you play like open gym yeah it's like there's no rag it's kind of unsanctioned I guess but uh and you have to hoop against them like you have to prove that that guy's not going to come take your spot Mm -hmm. or else they're going to sign them and then you're gonna have to prove it every day in practice yeah so if you get rid of them in the visit, then you don't have to worry about it that much in the season. You can kind of secure your spot. Mm-hmm. But I didn't necessarily get that. I didn't take it super seriously. Um, so they ended up bringing in a couple guys to try and take my spot. Um, but uh, they didn't. They didn't really take my spot. Um, towards the end of my sophomore year, I, I lost my starting position and mm-hmm. the last game of the year. Um, but then we went to the tournament and I ended up starting again. It wasn't that big of a deal, but. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was actually, I was actually at, uh, 
one of the, I don't know if I was at the, your final game, but I was at, I think I was at the game before you played like a couple games in that tournament in Frisco. Uh, and I believe I came to one of those games. Yes, I, yeah. I think you came to the second to last one. Yeah. Yeah. It was because I remember yeah. asking you and you were yeah. like, you're like, yeah, after the season I'm, I'm calling it. And I was like, yeah. yeah. So, cause we, we, I think we drove up with your dad, but I, I think we drove up with your dad and he was kind of telling us on the way up there. He's like, Sam's not really, you know, it's not really like anymore, which I mean, I was in, the, I literally, I had the same exact feeling when I played, like you yeah. just, it's, it's different. You know, you're not playing with guys you grew up with anymore. You don't have that love, that enjoyment because they're not bringing that to you. So you have to kind of find it within yourself. And um, it just comes to a point when you've been playing it for so long that you're just so physically tired. Um, it's just, and you just kind of know when it's time to call it quits. Um, so I was in the same boat. So I like, I, I, understand what you were going through but your sophomore year you did have um some statistic uh career highs at least in college uh talk about that game against west texas a&m where you had 17 points for, for me yeah so that was uh our our the best player on our team mm -hmm. uh he averaged a double double he i don't think he got hurt mm -hmm. he, he had a, a tech a, a couple too many techs or something like that to where he was ineligible for the next game um, and it was when we were playing West Texas A&M, best team in our conference, uh, maybe the second round of the conference tournament. Mm -hmm. We weren't going to make the NCAA tournament unless we won the conference tournament. Mm -hmm. And then so we lose him, our best player, like by far our best player. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, uh, someone has to step up and provide 18 points and 12 rebounds. Mm -hmm. And I... Uh, I guess I, I finally stepped up to the table and had a good, it was my best game by far of my college career, mm -hmm. not even close. I maybe had like 12 points in a couple other games, Yeah, um, but I had 17 points, maybe like five or I don't, I don't know how many rebounds, but uh, just, just played like I should have been able to mm -hmm. most of my college career. Um, yeah. But a lot of it was, he was out and uh, the guy that was guarding me, his name was gosh, gosh and he he didn't really like he was their best player and so he didn't really play defense and so I got a lot of rebounds finishes like mm -hmm. uh uh trash points yeah it was it was really good I knew that was my last season mm -hmm. I knew we were probably going to lose that game and that was going to be the end of the season and so it was really nice to be able to like finish at a high yeah exactly be able to like leave my career on my best game of my career mm -hmm. that was kind of cool I guess that makes sense um, yeah. And then kind of last question I he have here about Tarleton. Why number 44? Uh, so high school, I was always number four. Mm -hmm. um, but then when I came in as a freshman, someone already had number four. And so I was like, all right, have a 44. And it, uh, it worked out. It's kind of a lame number, but I wanted the four. And so I took 44. It wasn't that big of a deal. I don't really you're care. Not, were you not able to switch after your sophomore year? You just wanted to ride with it one more year? No, at that point, I wanted to ride with it. Okay. Yeah. I'd already had it my freshman year. I was 44. Um, you kind of, the, the number has like a, an identity of its own. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't want to switch it up. Like that was my number then. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay. I, my, my sophomore year. So actually, actually, yeah, my sophomore year and then my junior and senior, I guess you can say at, at Coppell, um, Caleb Cobb, uh, I was a freshman and I was playing JV and he was number 45. And he told me after the season, he said, I want you to wear number 45 next year on JV. I was like, all right, whatever. So I wore number 45 my my sophomore year of, of JV. And then my senior and junior year when I was on varsity, I already knew I wanted to be 33. That was my favorite number growing up. Yeah. But Brett Keekler, I think is his last name. Keekler, yeah. 
Heekler, he he told me after the season, he's like, I want you to wear number 33 next year and represent it. So I got passed on the number. So numbers mean a lot, but um, yeah, I, I, that, that's kind of cool though. Uh, you know, sticking with the four. I mean, obviously I knew you liked four, but I didn't know that that was a reason why you chose 44. I know freshman year, it's kind of tough to kind of get your number you like, but yeah. Um, it was actually the senior that I beat out for his position. He was the one that had number four. Uh, <laughs> senior, fifth year senior. There was not a chance I was going to take number four from him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I could have switched to it my sophomore year, but I just, I went with the 44. I gotcha. All right. Well then after you retired, we'll, we'll put it that way. After you retired from your playing career, uh, you go on to A&M and uh, what, what, what kind of, what, why, what, what drew you to A&M? Uh, well, A&M was all, if I didn't play basketball, mm-hmm. um, A&M was my first choice. Um, my dad went to A&M. Uh, my great grandpa went to A and M, so I'm kind of uh, a generational Aggie and a member of the cult. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of it was kind of really like if I wasn't going to play basketball, it was really the only choice. Uh, okay. It's a good school. I was able to get into the business school, so it uh, there wasn't a lot of thought that was put into it, to be honest. Well, thank you for calling it a cult because that was going to be one of my questions, but yeah. you already answered it there. Um, we all know I have, I have the ring like I it, it is a cult yeah I think I think like once you like that's kind of like the the ceremony once you get the ring like that's the that that's your initiation into the cult now you're officially a part of the cult um you know I, I'm, I'm dating someone who is a part of that cult um and I see it all the time people who wear Aggie rings like like you've never met this person in their in your life and they will come up to you and have a full conversation with you oh yeah and you're just like wait what so it is, it is good for the job search. I will say that mm-hmm. because there's a lot of Aggies out there in like the Dallas Fort Worth area. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, if you're a member of the cult, they like you. Yeah. So you get, you get that interview. Well, you might not even have to interview. They might just hire you, honestly. I wish. <laughs> that's, that's, the, that's the way it works nowadays. <laughs> um, but uh, what about a and Like, do you like the most? I mean, obviously uh, you weren't able to see them with them when they had DJ Hogue and, and Tyler Davis. I'm talking about their athletics, by the way. Um, yeah. Like, what about AM? Kind of like, do you like the football aspect? Do you like basketball? What, what about AM is, is, is cool? I guess what, what's different about AM? Oh, man. Um, I wish I was here when we had the DJ mm-hmm. Hogue, Tyler Davis team. Cause I mean, that was the best basketball team AM's had in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this year, I mean, we've been pretty, pretty abysmal all year. Yeah. And so it's hard to watch. Um, but I love the, the uh the tradition and the how people take uh, the football game so seriously mm-hmm. and it's 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 fun going to the games it's, you got the chance you got the yell leaders everyone's on their feet there's no sitting um i mean it's great it's just like going to any any big sec big 12 school like they take football seriously and it's fun to go to the games it's fun to be a part of a tailgate you win, you go out, you have a lot of fun. Like it's, it's all, it's all fun. Yeah. Now, um, was there ever any thought about potentially walking on and no. playing at AM? Okay. <laughs> See, I was, I was tired with basketball. Yeah. So I was not going to walk on somewhere uh-huh. and then have to practice and work out every day and, and not, play, not to play. Yeah. Because getting to play is the only thing that makes the practice and the bullshit worth it. Yeah. So not so doing the bullshit and then not <laughs> playing, it, it literally didn't even cross my mind. 
Yeah, I was only asking that because of Buzz Williams, you know, having the opportunity to be coached by him. I, I think the program will turn around with Buzz. You just got to give it time. Yeah, I mean, he's got to get a couple recruiting classes in because mm-hmm. um, he wasn't left with a lot. Yeah. And then, you know, I it, it really kind of it makes me mad a little bit. He dismissed TJ Starks from the team his first year. And it was kind of he was making a statement because mm-hmm. TJ got arrested. He had pot in his car. Yeah. Um, and so it was right when Buzz got there. And I think it was kind of like, a, I'm going to set the tone that I'm not going to put up with this. Mm-hmm. So he released him from the team. And I mean, at the end of the day, like if you're trying to win games, I don't think you should be dismissing good players for smoking pot. Um, but I mean, that's just a personal opinion. So it's whatever. It's, it's tough. I, I think he definitely was trying to make a statement in his yeah. first year and kind of prove a point but you know it is what it is I think he's he's rebuilt uh, programs like Marquette they were really good he went to Virginia Tech they became really good I think it's coming for AM. you just have to give it time um yeah. just kind of like what you did with Jimbo I mean Jimbo they weren't good for for Jimbo's first I mean they were good but they weren't like making playoffs and pushing that kind of realm and then yep. this year obviously we saw them potentially they should have made the playoffs over Notre Dame but you know I'm a Notre Dame guy so I'll take it uh, <laughs> um but let, let's talk a little bit so if you're underage and you're listening to this you might want to skip this part um but if you if you aren't if you aren't listen even if you are i guess you can listen to this um the the party scene at, at college station you know yeah. obviously you got guys like johnny manzel who's been there um you know he's talked about northgate and many of podcasts what is northgate like to a a&m student um i mean northgate's it's uh it's a bar scene like sixth street like in austin like seventh mm-hmm. street in fort worth i think is what i mean it's just it's a it's a street it's not really a street it's on university mm-hmm. but then there's just it's just bars mm-hmm. just bars on bars on bars it's where every like if you're gonna go out you go to northgate mm-hmm. and you just bar hop all night it can get crazy um there's nice bars like rooftops, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of uh, a lot of beautiful women. Um, it's a great time. It's a great time. Well, uh, what what are your favorite spots at Northgate? Uh, Thursdays you can go to Cedars and get dollar beers and dollar wells. That's always a fun time. Um, Logies is a good late night Saturday, like when you're. Uh, when you're already too trash to mm-hmm. go anywhere else, you go to Logies, and that's kind of the place. Logies, I, Logies, I've been to Logies in Norman. I've been to Logies in Lubbock, and then they have a Logies in College Station too. It's just a great bar. Gotcha. <laughs> you can't say anything else about it. It's a great bar. There you go. Um, that's about it. Um, always start the night at O'Bannon's. Okay. You go to O'Bannon's. You get a couple beers. It's a nice chill atmosphere. It's mm-hmm. kind of like an Irish bar. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there you move on to the the heavier stuff. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, from, from my experience, I've only been there like two, three times. Yeah. Um, my, my girlfriend, she likes Chimmy's. They like to start at Chimmy's. Chimmy's is a good place to start too. Chimmy's yeah. is a good place to start too. Um, they like to start at Chimmy's. Um, and she's more of like, she kind of hangs out more of like the, the, I would say the black crowd. So she yeah, yeah. dancers and stuff. So they go to one fifteen a lot. Okay um she like she really likes sake the sake bombs or whatever um and then there there's some other places that i don't know about i know they they just added one called like el jefe or whatever um yeah it's it it it, it was it was a nice place but um 
the one place what, what do you do after i guess you go to northgate there's a there's a pizza place in northgate that i'm trying to oh antonio's exactly. yes. antonio listen we have a me uh, i think you've had connor chode on the podcast mm-hmm. or you had him on the splitting up right yeah um we go out a lot mm-hmm. and we have a kind of a, a tradition that we go out and then we leave probably like anywhere from like 1 to one thirty, maybe 12 30 if we're trying to get out of there early we hit antonio's before they sell out of pizza mm-hmm. and then we walk home yeah oh you guys it's like <laughs> oh yeah 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 the walk's the most important part well yeah it's, it's, you don't have to pay for an uber you don't have to wait for an uber and you don't get car sick in an uber because you're hammered mm-hmm. um if you have to throw up you just you just do it on your walk home like it's beautiful there you go i i mean it, you're right and definitely don't have to pay for it and then you don't have to worry about if you did drive finding parking paying for parking yeah. and then having yeah. someone be dd um yep. so yeah there, there's all your there's all your issues but yeah antonio's um i i love pizza i pizza's like my favorite food uh the, i mean it's it's i won't say it's the best pizza i've ever had but it is definitely like some top five pizza and i understand why um they make a lot of money uh, because there's a lot of drunk people there and they sell all kinds of pizza too like it's not oh. just like your basic pepperoni cheese sausage it's like i mean pizzas i've never seen before they they're selling and they're you know that new york style pizza where they're like giant i don't know how to visualize that but <laughs> they're really yeah. big great uh it's a it's an integral part of the north northgate experience um we've always said we'll never go there sober because we don't want to ruin it yeah because we think it's the best pizza ever <laughs> but i know for a fact if i had it sober i'd be like this is just like every other pizza i've ever had yeah, so I mean, it it, may, it makes sense, but uh, def- definitely, I know Northgate is a is a very popping place for uh college students at College Station. And heck, we went I think on like a on a parents weekend, or no, I think we went for uh ring ring dunk or whatever. Oh, that's always a good weekend. That's and this there's, weekend. There's parents at the bars drinking with their kids, and I mean they're 60, 70 years old drinking with kids and stuff like that. So oh yeah, I'm I'm going out tonight, and uh, <laughs> the best part about like the ring weekends it's just like mom's weekend dad's weekend whatever you uh-huh. get parents you get milks like that's the oh, dream yeah the dream is to buy drinks for a milk they have a nice conversation with her and then bring her back to the place i'm not gonna ask you if ever if you've ever bagged one i don't want to i don't want to ruin any secrets here um yeah. <laughs> Uh, but that, that's a, this is a perfect segue into uh, the last little section here. Uh, I always like to end off, if you listen to the Spling Uprights ones, I, we always like to end off with some funny questions, um, yeah. some kind of off-the-wall questions, um, some questions that maybe you don't, you don't normally think about. Uh, this first one I've got here, uh, I've asked a couple people this in the past, um, but I'll start with, uh, I'll ask you this one. Uh, I, know, I don't think we've ever got it from a guy's perspective, um, yeah. but uh, what, what a sport of the opposite sex makes for the best girlfriends. So volleyball, soccer, basketball, softball, and that can be in high school or in college. You can answer either, but what sport? Um, I got to so for, I, I have a skewed opinion because mm-hmm. I'm tall. Mm-hmm. And so I want a tall wife. Yeah. And make some tall babies some D one babies. Uh, so I would say volleyball, but uh, by percentage, soccer probably has the most attractive mm-hmm. girls. Um, track is a good one. Yep. 
I like track because you got the nice legs. They're athletic. They can run. That would be perfect to mix with my jeans because I, I, I can bring the height. You bring the quickness and the athleticism. We can make some good babies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then one I've been – see, Connor Choate is now dating a tennis girl. Really? It's fairly, fairly new. And so I've been to a couple, you know, like parties with a lot of tennis girls. Mm-hmm. I got to say, the <laughs> last weekend we went to a party – and I have never been in a household with where the percentage of attractive women around me mm-hmm. was like 90% of the women around me. Like everywhere I looked, it was an extremely attractive girl. Hmm. So maybe, maybe tennis has something. I don't know. But um, I, th- I think it's tennis in college because you definitely don't get that in high school. Oh, no, 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 no. That's not a high school thing. I, I no. think, I think you got to go, you think you got to wait till college for that one. So yeah, well, you get, you get a lot of international, uh, mm-hmm. in college tennis. Yeah. So there, I mean, there was a Norwegian girl, there was an Australian girl, some girls from France. Um, so, so if you, if you're looking for an athletic girl, um, say I might've just broke the secret out, um, look for a tennis girl. So if you're in college, yeah, if you're in college, <laughs> in high school, I do, I definitely think uh, high school is maybe volleyball. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I will say volleyball does produce some tall girls. I know for myself, like too tall for me. They can be, they can be freaky tall sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to be mean to them. I have tall sisters, so I can't, <laughs> uh, I can't talk too bad about it, but. There you go. Um, here, here's a, here's another funny one about um, kind of athletics. Um, are teammates sisters off limits to date? No. <clears throat> and I've heard you ask. Uh, coach's daughters also not off limits. Okay. That's my, that's my segue after, but I would start with teammates. <laughs> Listen, uh, we are, we're good men and we treat women with respect. Mm-hmm. So no one's off limits. So why, why is a coach's daughter going to be off limits if I'm going to treat her with respect mm-hmm. and you know, the next guy might not. Yeah. Hey. So that's just, that's how I look at it. I don't think anyone's off limits. Moms, daughters. <laughs> girlfriend's moms like okay. we've heard stories about that girlfriend's sisters okay whoa Sam, Sam sisters. they're not off limits it's it's a it's a dog eat dog world you, you should definitely put ex-girlfriend's moms or ex-girlfriend's sisters because you don't want to be talking to them while you're dating them. <laughs> sure sure um Sam doesn't care uh and this last one is, is a little this one's more about your your family here Okay. If you're if you were arrested with no explanation, what do you think your family um, would think the reason would be that you got arrested for? Drugs. Drugs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, hey, I mean, you know, maybe something else. I don't know. It's, it's we asked, I think, uh, a Catherine Cheek that question, and she had no idea because I mean, it's something you don't think about. You're like, ah, you know. But I mean, if you know Sam, if you know Sam, you knew that answer. <laughs> yeah, I've I've thought about that before. Um, so. But uh, no, I mean, the amount of times my mom in high school mm-hmm. caught me with, with weed in the house or whatever, like, I mean, it's, she knows. Yeah. They got a call. They would know. I mean, we're still in Texas, so you can still get arrested for weed possession. Yeah. Ho- hopefully that will change for yourself soon in the future, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. But no, I mean, uh, it's not, it's not that sketch. You can, yeah. you know, whatever. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. You can, ca- you can easily get around it, but uh, that's going to go ahead and do it for this episode. Thank you so much, Sam, for coming on and talking to us. Had a, had a blast catching up with you, um, even though I just saw you, what, in January when we had a little hangout with all of our dudes. So um, 
but uh, go ahead and, and like and follow this episode. Sam, do you, guys, do you have any last words you'd like to say? No, no. <laughs> uh, listen, if you're, if you're in high school and you, you play sports and you're listening to this, don't do what I did. Be focused. Like, uh, you only have so much time. And I know everyone always says that, but like your coaches, they just want the best for you. Um, that's all I got. There you go. That's Sam Marshall. Thank you guys so much for listening today. We hope to see you guys next week for our next interview. Thank you guys so much for listening to this interview. If you guys want to listen to more of our interviews and our weekly episodes as well, like I said before, go ahead and check us out on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you listen or watch your podcast. If you want to listen to us, go to Apple or Spotify. Look us up at Five Out. If you want to watch us, go to YouTube. You have to look up at the channel. Uh, Sideline Sports is that channel, but you'll be able to watch this interview. Uh, thank you guys so much for sticking around. We had a fun time with Sam today. Uh, he's one of my very good friends. Had a fun time re re kind of going back and going down memory lane and looking at some of his adventures as a college athlete, as well as looking at some of our times as uh, former teammates, as well as opponents and high school teammates. But it's going to do it for us here on the Five Out Podcast and our first ever college basketball interview. We will see you guys next week with our next interviewee. screw